Yo, yo. Yo, yo. Fucking we're on. Cool. How you doing, man? Good, man. What's up? Not much, not much. Fucking just drinking coffee. It's 1.36 a.m. in France, and the weather's hot as shit. What time are you going to bed these days? Mm. Well, since I've been doing this podcasting, trying to adapt to everyone else's time schedule, fuck. I've been going to bed, like, maybe around 3. It's pretty reasonable. Yeah, it's not too bad. I and mean, I still manage to wake up, like, at 7 o'clock every day. Oh, man. It's not enough sleep for me. Yeah, I guess so. But you know what? I'm fucking staying active in the morning like a motherfucker. Cold shower, some cardio, and fucking a nice yogurt for breakfast. And the day starts from there. Nice. Yeah. Well, everybody, welcome to Shooting the Shit. This is your host, Mike W. And today we have my friend straight out of Canada, fucking Vaughn from Uncle Acid. Dude. Fucking, I don't know. How do we fucking go about this? What's good? What's new? Nothing? Anything? What's up? Uh, nothing too much. I've been going on a uh, on a Charlie Parker binge probably for like maybe 72 hours and uh, and really getting that Charlie Parker in my ears. Just um, So that's been really nice because it's been a few years since I uh, since I really took took some time with any, any old school jazz music. So it's been really nice. Yeah, yeah. Fucking jazz seems to be a go-to since I, if I can it's, recall. Not, not even really. Like it's funny because like it's the a lot of the stuff I get into like as a as a guitar player. Like it's it's a lot of the time it's influenced by a guy who was influenced by jazz. You know what I mean? Like I, when I was younger, like I definitely I like went for it and tried like you know tried to get comfortable with charts and stuff like that. And then I never really took off on that. So like that never really kind of drove me. Like other stuff did, but. But I find that I, I tend to start absorbing like a lot of the repertoire of guys who were really into jazz, but aren't necessarily playing straight ahead jazz. So because of that, like I end up with like a vocabulary that has like a lot of stuff in it that people seem to identify as jazz when it's, 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 it's sort of not really, it's uh, like, I'm not a jazz player. I'm really not <laughs> like, I can't fucking play jazz. You know what I mean? Like it's, if it came down to it and guys were like, someone gave me a call and they're like, Hey, can you, have charts like i would never be the first call again for that gig or i would you know what i mean like, it, would, it would be like a fourth fifth kind of like last resort kind of thing but you would still fucking take up the offer one way or the other just to see it, well, what it depends. You I mean, if it was buddy if it was buddies of mine they're like oh just come do some. yeah of course i mean that'd be really fun but definitely not in an actual in an actual situation like guys you know i mean guys out there can play it's crazy like, people don't even know how good people are that um that no one's ever heard of like it's crazy with youtube now and like the amount of information out there the there are so many guys who are getting so good in their basements who are so young and a lot of the guys who are playing who, who, who are the you know who are really getting into it and taking off in terms of their craft um aren't necessarily playing the kind of thing that is going to get them a lot of buzz is going to get them a lot of gigs so if you go looking these days you know for real driven talented um players who are working really hard at their craft you, you're gonna just find you're, you're gonna find a never-ending supply of them um which is really inspiring and scary i mean i think it's scary for any of us especially you know especially as guys who who, who weren't born you know from the year 2000 on like those dudes are crazy i don't even know what's up with any of those guys i don't understand what, what what's going on oh dude the kids these days have full access to fucking everything they want dude if it comes to any tutorials or fucking the means of the convenience to learn something on the spot dude it's just a snap away 
Yeah. That's fucking insane to think about. Yeah, fucking... It goes the same with athletics and whatnot. Kids with skateboarding or kids fucking with digital marketing and whatnot. Even the fact that kids are born with an iPad these days in their hands, dude. Like, there's so much insight they're fucking gaining just like that compared to you and I fucking from the 90s or whatever or in the past. It's crazy. Know. Yeah, it's skateboarders get an allergy there. Like, I saw a video the other day. You probably seen it. It was, it was huge. But it's this kid. Like, maybe he's Japanese. I can't remember. But he's doing, like, a lot of the stuff from, like, Rodney Mullins, like, early, early, um, like, routines. Like, I don't know what you call that. But when he used to do, like, all that crazy stuff that's, like, it's like BMX Flatland. But, I mean, it's not. Maybe that skate guy should probably get jumped uh, Because I'm sure the, it goes the other way around. I'm sure the skate thing was first. But do you know the format I'm talking about? Like, where Rodney no. Mullins... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like when he's doing all his like manual tricks and all that stuff. Like, is is that does that have a name? I don't know. I know. Uh, yeah, I yeah. know exactly who you're talking about, though. It's like a, a little Japanese kid, right? Just like handstand primos to like, right. to like to like hand flips, like all this crazy shit. And there's there's a video of him just like ripping it like that for like I don't know. I want to say three or four minutes straight. And it's mm-hmm. like, like yeah. Now if you're a kid. You can have access to like Rodney Mullen's life work and everyone that he spawned, and then you can like digest all that, like at like whatever it is, 14, 15, 16, which is amazing, man. It, it is, it is, it's super cool. Super cool to see that. You know, back in the day, if you wanted to fucking see Rodney Mullen or Tony Hawk or like any skater do a tutorial, you had to get a VHS, and probably chances are you picked it up at your local library. Oh, and, dude, uh, I remember that. Like, yeah, I didn't skate like that, but I had friends who did. And I remember one of my buddies. Like, he didn't have any money. His parents didn't have any money. But he's, he's, he skated like a champion. Like, he was so hardcore. He's just, like, breaking shit. And, like, like, uh, like dropping sets of stairs that, you know, like, kids in, like, middle school and high school were. And none of the kids in elementary school were. But he was just gnarly. And uh, I remember him, he used to bitch about, like, he was, like, because there was other kids. Like, went to school. There was a bunch of rich kids. And they all had all the VHS tapes to teach you tricks. And he right. thought it wasn't fair. Like, it was, like, his, like, struggle for a year. He'd be like, fuck these kids. They can afford these $20 like uh three flip tapes or whatever <laughs> I, thought it, I thought it was the funniest funniest thing ever and that occurred to me like a couple of years ago like in youtube being like wow that is just not a thing anymore that's like just not a reality for anyone like boom internet connection you know uh right we're gonna go no nah, yeah like it goes like you just said when it comes to like all those kids fucking those gnarly ass guitar kids and geek kids and fucking skater dudes like there's fools out in Chile or fucking India or whatever, just with the means to having access to YouTube, just geek out so gnarly with that free time they have. And they're just amazing at everything they do due to convenience, you know, instead of like having to go to an old man at a guitar store, you know what I mean? Or fucking pick it up from a fucking book or, you know, referencing fucking playbacks. So many girls popping off too, like all the I know. So how many like seventeen year old girls shredders? Just like it's 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 insane, man. And those chicks are like some of the most popular musicians or fucking whatever like players fucking on the fucking social media format. I'm seeing like chicks who actually look really attractive, supermodel status, who are like seventeen, eighteen, and like all blonde. They look like they're fucking working at PacSun and shit, but they're fucking throwing down on a twelve stream like no other. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's crazy, man. I've seen some of that. Holy fuck. Yeah, it so, exists out there. Fuck. So what have you been up to, man? Well, Aside from, like, how's 2020 treating you? Well, you know, it's it's all right. Like, I ended up having a lot more uh, fucking free time than I obviously thought I would. Like, we were supposed to do a tour in, uh, 
May to June, like we, like all the dates were booked. I think technically they're still booked. Like I don't know how that works, but I I never heard the word canceled anywhere. It's like that with a lot of this stuff. I just like it's like postponed or something. I'm not sure. They definitely didn't like pay anyone back. Like as far from what I understand, like anything has been booked. Like it's like this with Bonnaroo or whatever. All the money's been spent already. Like their advertising budget has been spent. Like it's all doing the thing. So, so it's not like they're not trying to go up the bring it back the other way because I don't think that's an option. So. Like, you know, these things might still happen. Well, I mean, I guess they, they will happen. But we were supposed to do a tour from May to June. It was going to be sweet. Like, it was an American tour. It was going to end uh, with Bonnaroo. We are all really looking forward to it. And uh, and that didn't happen. So it's just been an interesting thing where I just have a lot of time to just take stock of where I'm at and be like, okay, well, what's important to me to spend time on right now, you know? Which is overwhelming. And um, it's probably a situation that one should want, you know? Dude, is so like, if I recall, remember talking to you, you were fucking, you guys were in Japan when shit hit the fan. Oh, band. yeah, 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 yeah. Holy we, fucking shit. Um, yo, man, I'm just going to pick this phone up and take it with me because like, I just need to grab a cigarette. I'm rolling a, a split. Hey, do you, man? Do you? You're all good. You're still okay. here. Um, yeah, we were in, uh, we were in Japan when that stuff all like really started kicking off. Um, we got really lucky uh, because, I mean, it was basically right before it wouldn't have been possible and it would have started getting really difficult to get into our respective countries of origin. So so we were like the Canada or B.C. at least, you know, where, where I'm at, um, they start, stopped starting really gnarly on like March 17th. And I got back on or maybe March 16th and I got back on March 15th. So, um, oof. So, uh, yeah, we, we lucked out. The first gig we did, I, I think it was Tokyo. It was, uh, there was, uh, I think we sold it out. I mean, it was a, it was a packed room. It was awesome. A lot of people were wearing masks and stuff. And then a, only a couple of days later, the second gig we did in Japan, there wasn't very many people there and everyone was really concerned and people were keeping a bunch of space in between themselves or whatever. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, we kind of got lucky. Holy shit. And then fucking just being around fucking like what you guys had a few couple of days to yourself to just chill out and be in Japan while all the fucking pandemonium was going around. Right. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it was uh, it was really calm over there, man. It was like it was it was really chill. Uh, <laughs> it was weird going from Japan to Canada because in Canada, everyone was like, no, I don't want to say everyone was freaking out. They weren't actually people were probably not take not taking it seriously enough in, in, in some in some spots. But but uh but over there, there was just this sort of sense of routine, cultural calmness. Which it's kind of nice. It took a minute for everyone in the Northwest to get adjusted to fucking the fact that fucking the whole world was going to shut down. Because, like, when fucking shit hit the fan out here in Europe, especially in Italy, being, like, ground zero, you know what I mean? Kind of for Europe. Yeah. Like, we fucking, the moment fucking corona was a thing, like, we all fucking went on full lockdown. And everyone was panicking. It was like fucking 28 days later fucking in the cities, dude. It's pretty fucking gnarly. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I don't know the actual stats on this, but I feel like Europe's like between, maybe as a middle point for a lot more travel routes than the Pacific Ocean is. Like, I feel like people probably more often go from, it's like the way the world map looks like it's like i think it's more rare probably more flights go over the atlantic well i don't actually fucking know i shouldn't even say that i mean there's probably there's probably just numbers on that anyway my point is that europe's europe's in a more in a in a it seems to be more um well suited for just like crazy amounts of international travel and would just generally be at higher risk whereas like the west coast of canada 
is just like Vancouver's an issue, but it's kind of like actually, I guess China flies over here as well. Yeah, I don't really know. I'm kind of thinking out loud. Well, when you think about it, it's like you got China up top, then you got Russia, and then you got all of Europe. You know what I mean? And then you got yeah. fucking. It goes. And, and, and Europe has like high levels of population density as well. I guess like in any of the major cities, like it's just there's like a lot of people crammed into small spaces. I mean, that's probably the case with any big city in Europe. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, fucking, what was, like, the first place to really get the hit more than any other place in the U.S. was fucking New York, right? Fucking... Of course, yeah, and that's no surprise. Yeah, fucking straight up all the international flights and all the immigration and fucking people out there, you know, fucking coinciding, dude. It was too dense, and it just made sense that U.S. was going to fucking blow up anywhere. It was going to be the East Coast, especially fucking, you know, with France and Portugal and Italy just being so close on the Atlantic. Yeah, I mean, I'm on an island. It's a big island, but I'm on Vancouver Island, and it was it was killer here. Like, I mean, well, that's probably the wrong way to characterize it. It was <laughs> it was it was it was, it was well handled here. Like, it, it was fine, man. Like, I mean, we, we have low levels of population density in general. I mean, I'm in Victoria, which is the capital of BC, which mm-hmm. is where I'm from and where I live. But um, we actually have Central Victoria is like is pretty densely populated. But I feel like just in general, like especially in BC so much land everyone's like decently spread out that it was well handled but i mean we were just at maybe at at an advantage anyway like maybe it's harder for viruses to spread in places like this nah i mean that's what the cliche dystopian fucking film concepts go anyone like in a rural area seems to be the ones thriving when all the other shit goes down Exactly. It's not just the rural thing, because I'm not technically in a rural area, rural area, but it's it's a, we are surrounded by water, and you have to take a ferry to get here, or a plane, and because they were being super careful about the planes and the ferries, then that just, I feel like that was probably, that probably really helped. Oh, of course. In that case, it seems like it's a no-brainer that fucking you guys had every step and precaution needed to fucking keep everything contained. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, dude, like, I feel like everything in the world right now is about corona. Why don't we, uh, we might be boring people. Yeah, thank God. Fucking good talk, good talk. Let's fucking keep yeah. this fucking shit moving. We've been doing yeah. that fucking almost for every fucking episode, and it just seems like appropriate for like three minutes. Oh, it, it but totally it, does. Totally. But I at just... the end, let's fucking yeah, keep keep it the brass tacks. But I want to fucking think about you know every now and then fucking when I think about you as my friend and whatnot, I think about how I met you, and it kind of fucking makes me laugh. <laughs> You wouldn't mind if I fucking just tell everyone how the whole story went down, would you? Yeah, oh, go for it, yeah. All right, so I'm on fucking tour with Sacramani and their first European tour with the band, and uh, they hit, like, um, you know, most of the Spanish countries fucking on their first couple weeks, and uh, we're at Sonic Blast, I think it was 2016 or something like that. And, uh, yeah, Sonic Blast is in fucking Lisbon or um, Portugal out there. And it's a beautiful location right there on the ocean and like in the mountains and whatnot. But anyways, you guys played. You guys played a rad-ass show. I remember saying hi to you guys or whatever the fuck. And you guys were all skating on this like little pipe, like half pipe maybe they had set up or something. Yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. Sacramonius keyboardist was the only guy who brought his skateboard on the tour. So it, oh, we, were right, like, right. we were like taking turns fucking going back because they had like a what? Yeah, they had a little half pipe right there like in front of the venue or whatever. Yeah. But uh, I said what up to you and whatever, and I thought that was just going to be that. And then there was the fucking Hard Rock Club where they did, like, the after party pretty much, like, every night during the festival where everyone would just fucking go out to mingle and shit right in front of the beach. And uh, I had a grip of fucking party favors like no other. 
and I had saw you and you were just chilling by yourself, like with your bags and whatnot, with I think all your pedals and everything. And you were just fucking, literally just fucking posted up. It wasn't like you were lost or anything. You just posted up solo. And I was just like, hey, what's up, dude? Let's fucking, let's fucking party. And you're like, uh. Really? What was I doing? I, I, don't, I don't remember that. I, I don't, what was I doing? You were just fucking standing, dude. Like, I don't know, like, if you were waiting for maybe, like, a shuttle to take you back to the our hotel. Because we shared No, I definitely wasn't. Because I, I, me and Ben, like, kind of, like, we got into some shit. But we kind of got lost a bit in that town. Then smoked all, like, it just chain smoke. We smoked all of our smokes. And we're just like, fuck, man, we need to, like, we, we got into some shit. But but we, I, I thought, like, because we were wandering around. And it was really fucking late or early. And we ended up finding a cigarette machine in that place you're talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah, there was. And there was. I thought I ran into you after that. Like, I mean, I'm talking like five in the morning or something like No, no, no. Yeah, it was it was fucking it had to be like around three or four, because this shit was yeah. going on all night and like whatever. I don't give a fuck if it was I do speed. I love speed when I'm in Europe. It's fucking my go to. And I was fucking jacked up on speed and fucking Anthony Meyer, the basis of Sacramani, he's like a fucking Portuguese celebrity out there. Everyone knows who the fuck he is. They were all fucking hyping him up to fucking just DJ the whole night on his iPad, which was hilarious because he would just be pressing a fucking button on Spotify and people were yeah. losing their shit. No, I remember that, yeah. But uh, yeah, I was fucking juiced up on speed and I fucking saw you. And I know Ben was with you, but you guys were just <laughs> chilling. So whether or not what you guys were doing before then or what your deal, I know you and Ben are like the two who like to fucking, you know, wander and explore more or less and fucking get into shenanigans. So it's like, I approached you, you had your bag and stuff. And I was like, yo, fucking just hang out and party with like, you're like, yeah, yeah, I, I would. But like, I, I kind of want to keep my pedals and everything safe and close to me. Cause it's like a lot of money. Like these are my babies. And really? Shit. Fuck. I don't remember this at all. Like what was I, was I hammered? Like I, I, I literally have no recollection. Of this. I mean, we got hammered at some point. Believe me yeah. fucking. Cause you ended up fucking coming back. We, we partied at the club for a little bit. I put your backpack in the back of the DJ set where all our gear was too. And you were like yeah. still kind of like skeptical and like concerned. But I was like, dude, you're good. You're good. You're like, all right, all right. I trust you. I trust you. And we shot the shit. I, I remember I introduced you to like two members of Sacramani. We were just fucking talking. And then you did your own thing. And then we're like, some dudes were flashing their dicks and balls with their fucking Marshall portable speaker and shit. And oh, then, yeah, that's right. Fuck. And where we hang, we're hanging beside the beach over there. Yeah, right, right there on the ocean. So then yeah, it was yeah. like, it was getting that time of the day, like the night or morning where it was like, all right, fools, let's fucking figure out where our fucking our housing is or whatever our accommodations are. So you and Ben and the rest of us and a group of like some other dudes, we all took like a fucking beautiful nice walk i remember it was really nice it was like oh, fucking... same, man it was beautiful the sun was coming up we're right beside the ocean in that picturesque little um portuguese town what was it called what was that town called uh moleto modelo oh. moleto Mo yeah Mo modelo i think maybe yeah. Yeah. yeah but it was fucking a beautiful walk was nice co it was cobblestone yeah. and shit it was perfect yeah. you know yeah. and then our fucking accommodations i remember were fucking sick too like there was a nice little horse ranch there with some ponies and shit and like yeah. We had like our own fucking buildings for each band and whatnot. And uh, I think Ben fucking called it a night and you came back with us to the Sackery one. And yeah. we just, uh, 
we just we just fucking you know we did what we do you know yeah, man. Late yeah night. That's, that's some good times i had some good chats with uh with, with a few, few of your crew that night <laughs> but the funny part was after that we went our separate ways and i didn't fucking consider like all right well whatever fucking life's life i'm gonna see this guy maybe like obviously in a year or some shit when the tour was over i left early because like i wasn't cut for the whole tour you guys actually ended up playing going after that like a week later going straight to los angeles to play fyf fest yeah 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 and then you fucking hooked me up fucking you said like yo if you're in town whatever i got you back and i was like okay cool so i fucking sent it and i met up with you and this is the funny part and then the rest is just irrelevant but this is the funniest part that i kind of just giggle at i was walking around the vip section where you were i was supposed to find you and whatnot and you had your own trailer but you weren't at your trailer, and I was fucking walking around, seeing all, like, the fucking, like, I said, what up, Chelsea Wolf? she's a friend, too, and she was there, and then, uh, so-and-so, and then you were talking to Mac DeMarco. Yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah. You were talking to Mac DeMarco, and I didn't know who Mac DeMarco was at the moment, or the time. Like, I had heard of him, I figured I heard, like, fucking Chamber of Secrets here and there, you know, like, whatever, like, the shit your girlfriend plays fucking when you go to her apartment and shit, whatever. Yeah, that's exactly it, because my girl, like, when Mac DeMarco first came out, she was always bumping that Mac DeMarco, and I didn't even know what it was, but I developed that level of familiarity with it, man. Like, I I, I think he's a great songwriter. Like, there were a lot of really, really great. The funniest part was, like, you actually turned, like, I mean, I'm not a a huge, avid Mac DeMarco fan, but I didn't know who he was, and then that day you kind of turned me on. So I fucking, I saw you and you were talking to some buck tooth dude in overalls, whatever. I didn't fucking even like acknowledge who the fuck he was. So I came in kind of hot and rude. I was like, Hey, what's up? And totally interrupted your conversation. Like, Hey, yeah, what's up? Dude? Like, <laughs> whatever. I'm like, Oh, and he's like, Oh, this is us. I didn't catch it. His name. Cause you kind of like introduced me for a quick second. I'm like, yeah, nice to meet you, dude. Whatever. Anyways, what up Vaughn? Like, fuck it. Let's fucking party at. <laughs> Because I, I snuck in, like, a bunch of fucking party favors for the yeah. festival so you and I and fucking the other homies can fucking have a good one. So I totally, like, fucking cool guy Mac DeMarco for a second, and your expression was like, I don't think this motherfucker knows who this guy is, whatever. And I'm like, whatever. So you did your set. It was a sick set. You guys played fucking to a good crowd. And then after that, we fucking walked around, and then this is the part where you turned me on. You're like... I have to fucking see Mac DeMarco play tonight. I'm like, all right, let's fucking see it. Because he played, like, last, like, at the big stage or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. late night. And uh, you and I fucking were navigating through the fucking festival and shit. It was fucking a nightmare with so many motherfuckers. But I was like... Yeah, we're getting lost. We're fucking, like... Yeah. Do you remember, like, trying to, like... We were, like, kind of climbing the stage beside Mac DeMarco and, like, talking to the security guard and just, like, showing him our credentials, like, over and over and over again. He's like, why are you climbing the stage? And I'm just like, bro, I have to get a better view. I have to get a better view. Yeah. And I was like, head- I need to see what that amp is on the side. He's like, all right, fine. And then, like, I feel like one of us fell off the side of the stage a bit, too. Like... Maybe. I don't know. It was definitely not me, because, like, you got to understand... I don't I know, got- man. I think you might have, like, sort of bailed off some, uh... Some, uh... <laughs> Um, like those massive cement things that they have on the What? <laughs> the security guard's just like watching us like, what? But we have the things that say we're allowed to do whatever, but then he's just like, well, who does that? And right. <laughs> but then he also but, but came dude, to... I... No, go, 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 go. Yeah, no, you go for it. No, but then I remember that we got the access backstage for Mac DeMarco because of the credentials from you guys playing and whatnot, but 
he also fucking said there was like a limitation of being backstage because he's like, all right, anything further than this, this is like personal friends of Mac DeMarco only or some right, shit like right, that. Right, right. But anyways, we watched it, you know, for like a half an hour or something like that or so. And um, I had never saw him before. I never really gave a fuck before. Like I said, it was the girlfriend playlist, you know, when you went to her place. But yeah, yeah, yeah. he played. And then he also brought his fucking chick on stage and explained to me that he's like, really down for his girl and everything and it was like the sweetest fucking shit ever and i fucking was vibing with it and you gotta understand back then for me i was the fucking the worst motherfucker ever because i was like dirtbag fucking street pirate lifestyle where it's just like if it ain't heavy it ain't shit you know vibes but instantly got fucking converted that night of and then had an open mind to that kind of guy you know what i mean well that's the thing man like the girl playlist like when you go to when you go to your girl's house, like and there's something that you like identify that's on all the time. You don't even know what it's called. And it kind of starts to feel familiar, and you're like, you know, it's like part of her vibe and her general aesthetic. That's like at her place, and like she chooses that and she really likes that. Like a lot of the time, it and I realize it later, but a lot of the time I realize like they were onto something. Like it wasn't even just like a coincidence. Like you know, that's, that's happened a lot over the years. Like like a, a little while after, like I'll realize that my my girlfriend or ex-girlfriend or someone I was having a thing with or whatever like that was on some shit that I absorbed, you know, subconsciously. Uh, maybe to each their own. Like, I can relate, but unfortunately on my end, most of my ex-girlfriends had, like, terrible, terrible, terrible right, taste right. in music. But I, to each their own, I can relate. Yeah, when I think about it, there were a few, like, one of my ex-girlfriends got me into Waylon Jennings, you know? I didn't figure yeah. that out, like, in my own masculine sense, picking it up, trying to do it with the boys or anything at a bar. It's like, She'd play that shit on the road when we go camping. I was like, the fuck is this? Fuck country. I thought fucking Reba was all there was, but now I'm down. I'm well, honest. maybe I was, yeah, maybe I was lucky in a way, but like my first real girlfriend when I was 15, 16, you know, um, she was so much more, her tastes were so much more mature than mine were um, for, for, for especially music, but all kinds of art and everything. And um, it was just like, for whatever reason, I, I just got handed like a crash course in art and culture from a 15 year old girl that I dated for a year in grade 10. And so I, I guess that's just got to just partly be luck. I mean, she played the upright stuff like that. She was cool as hell. Wow. She's cool as hell. And she just turned me on to so much shit. And I've, I've had a few of those in my life where we're shit with a girl, which it, I mean, that's that's probably the most influential one. But there's been at least two of those. Where um, I realized, you know, after the fact, how, you know, useful and fucking formative that was. For, and especially because I'm in my own head a lot about music. Like, just I practice guitar all the time. And I, just, I love, I love playing guitar, and I love all this shit. But when you're when you're really thinking about, you know, music, and especially when you're thinking about your craft too much, you can really lose sight of the, what is it? Lose sight of the forest for the trees. Like, you know, whatever that 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 idiom is, or whatever. Like, uh, because you're focusing on things that are, are different and a lot more specific than the things that you're the simpler average, things, you know what I mean? Your average listener is, is focusing on and your average listener isn't just your average listener. It's like the way that the music was crafted to appeal to everyone's ears, which is what it's for. Like, it's like you could make food like for yourself all the time. And just like, you could just like make it really weird and you love tons of turmeric and whatever. Like, no, I love turmeric, but like, you just like it to like not taste good. And you, and everyone would be like, great. That's cool. You love to make dinner that way. And like, you can even respect that. Like you just love food that everyone else hates. Like, that's awesome. But at the end of the day, like 
if you can like make like all your friends have a dinner party and make all your friends like something that like nourishes them and that everyone enjoys then uh then you're 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 on the mark in like in a in a much more sort of standard human connection on a, on a more standard level of human connection absolutely and, uh, and so it's important to like admit that for me anyway or like i think like i don't want to say what 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 everyone else should do but but it's it's been really useful to me for me to reflect on that often just be like well the things that i'm honing in on here and spending the most time on are um useful to me and i'm glad i'm doing them but i i need to remember that this isn't what everyone else focuses on and ideally i can focus on this so that i can be better at communicating on the level that that uh everyone else vibes with and i don't mean everyone but you know just um whoever it is that's like you know at that time looking at wants to look at the world in, in through a similar lens that the one that i'm looking through you know that, that at that moment absolutely dude wow yeah i mean so when you put it like that it totally applies to what i'm about to fucking just say it's like you play fucking guitar and uncle acid but at the same time like whatever fucking image and fucking you know direction the band is you know like from how people perceive it as like fucking you know like if you if you could imagine what people fucking on the circuit say like uncle acid's like that dark fucking you know heavy beetle-esque fucking you know doom or fucking trippy fucking whatever cult mentality vibe music at the same time none of you guys in the band especially you even fucking relate to the fucking persona and image that you guys fucking front on stage you guys are completely different just like behind closed doors you're not fucking like an enigma fucking you know whatever fucking spooky dudes at all sure i mean i, I like it's uh, i can't really speak for the other guys but uh you personally though because like i i know you fucking our listeners don't know you but i know you for the most part and like you're fucking playing fucking you're playing fucking you know gospel fucking rad fucking guitar you know what i mean yeah i mean like the, the thing is like like uncle acid is a, is a vibe and it's 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 uh it's kevin's it's been kevin's primary vibe and uh it's one of my favorite like i i came up and started playing guitar cuz of sabbath and well, Sabbath. I mean, I bought a Sabbath CD, and and that's why. And then I asked, you know, I heard it was uh, we sold our sofa rock and roll, and it was a buck at my school's garage sale, um, and I had a dollar in my pocket, and, uh, and 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 like that day, later that day, I asked my mom for guitar lessons, and I was I was uh, I was signed up by the next week. The guy who taught guitar, my guitar teacher, was just down the street from me anyway, so it was serendipitous. Uh, but uh, but uh, what am I trying to say here? Uh, oh yeah, so so there's a vibe like there's a vibe that's that vibe, and that's like Kev's that vibe that he's you know that he's molded, which is an amazing vibe, and I, I it, it's a vibe that gives me a lot of feeling. That I really love um, at the core of like why I play music. Like it taps into a thing which is like it, which is so at the beginning of, of all all the reasons that I play music that I it's it, it's it's a vibe that I that that I can always relate to and I really enjoy, but it's not Kevin's only vibe either. It's not my only vibe. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a facet of, of Kevin's creativity in his soul. That's uh, that's, that's been um, manifested over the last 10 years. Right. Right. And, and, you know, I don't kept, you, you, no one knows. Hmm. 
Take your time. Take your time. All the guys I wanted to play with had their own bands and they already played guitar in them. And I just like, I just wanted to like, I wanted in so quickly, like when I was 17, 18, like I moved to London, England when I was 18, like a week after my 18th birthday. Right. And like, I just wanted to be playing with creative guys like so bad that I was like, well, fuck it. Like, I don't need to play the guitar. I just want to be like exposed to really high levels of musicianship, like, you know, as far above my own. Um, which at the time wasn't hard as I, but I, 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 I lucked out into just like meeting um, uh, Jordan and Max, two, two, two of my best friends to this day. And, um, and they just both had, they were both older than me and just had so much crazy shit going on creatively. And I ended up living with Max, a drummer. And now he's a, he's a, he's a pretty, um, he's getting to be a pretty well-known drummer in the jazz ish sort of scene in London. There's a real scene popping off in London and England. Is there? And, uh, yeah, it's really cool. It's it's got a lot of world influences because London's like so multicultural and they have so many so much like African influence and and uh, now Max, who I lived with for two years, who kind of taught me how to practice and and really helped um, mold me as a musician. Like, um, not that he was going like not that he was like intended to mentor me or anything, but right. we, we just lived there and I would wake up like. And he'd already be practicing like rudiments and stuff on the drums to a metronome. And I'm like, God damn it. Like I was 18, he's like 25. And he was, he was such a good drummer. I mean, it was insane at the time. I'd never, I'd never been able to like jam with somebody like that. And so I'd wake up and it was like, it was ass kicking, like, like psychologically. I'd be like, well, fuck, I better get going. And, you know, a lot of the time I spent in London, I was doing like an easy four five to sort of eight, nine hours on the bass every day. And I, I, I didn't, I wasn't exactly sure, you know, what to work on it. I'd never had a bass line. I'd never had a lesson. Like, so, so, uh, so I ended up just practicing a lot of the stuff that Max was practicing, which was a lot of metronome practice, a lot of polyrhythms, a lot of group polyrhythms. And, uh, and, uh, you know, it was, it was probably the best thing that one of, you know, it was, it was a really good thing to happen to me that time in my life. How long did you stay up there in London for? I was there for two years. Two years, sir. Uh, I played in a band called Hothead Show with uh, Jordan and Max, and uh, it was uh, it, it was amazing. We did we did some great tours. We made some amazing music. We we really got into it, sort of the three of us, uh, and really put everything we had into you know recordings and gigging for several periods. You know, over that two year stretch for several several month periods, and it was it was it was fucking great, man. It was um, it was one of the best experiences of my life. Damn. And the scene over there in London was always like more or less booming because there seems to be a lot of fucking class acts from almost every fucking, you know, genre of music fucking developing over there. So like what you're you obviously were occupied to your fullest extent out there, you know, right? You know, I like I I, I, I played in Hothead Show, you know, with the two guys and uh, and that was that was that was what I was putting everything into. But then we all also played in another band called Super Best Friends Club. Um, which was which was amazing. It was a hippie jazz band with sort of like I don't want to say jazz, but it was just like a crazy. And we'd all paint our paint ourselves and, and uh, run around and you know do, do psychedelics before shows <laughs> and and have you know twenty five minute percussion jams in the middle. There's a lot of warehouse parties at the time in London and in, um, in Hackney in, in an area called Hackney uh, Wick and uh, and like, it seemed like every weekend like there was. There was like parties down there where it'd be like a massive warehouse space uh, room and you know we'd set up on one end of the thing and play for three or four hours and 
and it was amazing and at the time like i also got to go see gigs and like everyone was on some cool vibes like all the time everyone had really interesting specific things that they were into and at the time uh, everyone was vibing a lot on the ethiopic stuff and uh i remember going to an afrobeat show at the new empowering church on um it's not on Mayor Street. It's on the one that I can't remember. Uh, but in Hackney, the new Empire Church. I don't know if it's still a venue. But uh, Yusef Days, who's a getting becoming an incredibly popular drummer, like sort of solo artist drummer. He's incredible mm-hmm. from London. He was the same age as me. I think he's nineteen ninety one. Same age as both of us. And and uh, he uh, at the time he was like eighteen, drumming like playing crazy like Ethio jazz music with all of his older brothers i think there was three of them and they're all quite a bit older and they had this crazy massive sort of afrobeat jazz big band and he was 17 18 drumming the whole thing and uh and those were some of the most amazing shows i saw i learned later that that was him that that was yusuf days because i've been on this trip as well where i'm just like watching all of his stuff and trying to find any live videos i can him and all the guys he plays with there's a guitar player called mansur brown who's uh He's pretty young too, he might be 22, 23 or something. He's incredible. He plays with all those cats, and I've been I've been learning some of his stuff as well. Um, so you know, it opened opened me up to uh, 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 being aware of all the things that I don't know. Kind of shaped and fucking molded you to be more developed in the head, fucking with what's going on, right? Yeah, yeah, and they, and they still fucking do, man. Like those guys are still. They're kind of like I, I, you know, I, I never had. They're kind of like the older brothers I never had. So what the fuck do we talk about now? Come on, what should we be talking about? Because at the end, at the end, you're on the show. I don't have a script. Fucking, you're my bro. We're cool, right? We're tight. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? I don't know. What do you? Uh, what do you want to like? What's interesting? I don't know. Fucking shit. I should be the one fucking shooting the shit right now. But fuck, I'm brain is fucking farting right now. But fucking help me out here. Help me out. What do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? Uh, <laughs> how's fucking the tour in life going for you now that you're fucking seems like fucking uncle acid all right we're not gonna fucking just talk this whole episode and bore uncle acid because we want fucking our guests to talk about themselves not just fucking everything they're doing on their fucking life haters but you know every time i see you you're on some insane fucking tour either fucking headlining or opening for some fucking insane act the last time i saw you you guys were on a fucking king diamond tour if you want to fucking shoot any information about how that was, like that experience, you know, fucking what, 30 days back to back with fucking metals, fucking royalty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I mean, I, I, I've never heard of him. I, I don't know. So to me, it was like, uh, like he's, he's great. He's a great singer. His, his band, they were all super cool guys. Um, but uh, to me, I didn't like, I didn't come at it like that to, to us. Right. It was like, Oh, like, Oh, should we like? Oh, we're Should we do the support tour? Yeah, I guess. I guess so. And John, John was like, "Oh, it's King Diamond or whatever." Like, I, 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 like it was. I'm not trying to like I, throw no, no shit. No, no, way. no, just no, like, no. For, for me, it, I, I didn't see it like that. Like, I was just kind of like, "Oh, interesting." Like, we just did like two or three headlining tours, and now we're doing a support tour. And the, it was, it was, it was great. But um, I uh, that was like the graveyard tour was uh, when we when we went out with graveyard. Like that was. Uh, that was like our yeah, it was a lot more like our target audience, right. you know. Like those shows were vibing and popping off in a way that that um the ones on the last year were the last year was great. Don't get me wrong, but um King Diamond's fans are like maybe a little bit older. I'm not really <laughs> sure, but but a lot of them sort of seemed like they weren't sort of super keen to um to like open their like or that's just not you know you don't, no one has to fucking like anything. But it was interesting because they seemed steadfast in their 
in their in their will to uh, <laughs> to not accept a bunch of guys younger than them being like, oh, this is uh, this is like how we want to feel rock music, right? right? <laughs> and so that was that was a fucking interesting thing. That was an interesting dynamic to to at least perceive from the stage. And you can get some vibes on the stage. I don't want to say that you're always totally right, but I mean, doing that many shows, I was there was a, there was a consistency to the vibes I was getting, and it was interesting. I was trying to figure out what it was, and I think that's what it was is that. They're kind of due to like establish what they like and they, they're all metal heads and they like metal and they establish sort of what they liked clearly in like the 80s. Right. And there didn't even seem to be a lot of room for those guys to. Um, no, uh, I was like, I was at the Los Angeles show. You hooked me up with that. And I fucking took the homie. But of course, like for me personally, like Keen Diamond was like, that was part of the fucking curriculum for me growing up when it came to fucking listening to metal. So I was a diehard fan. But then when you go to the shows, like, yeah, King Diamond's fucking three decades deep, you know. And there was a lot of fucking dads posted up. There was a lot of moms posted. There was a fucking lot of, you know, fucking metalheads too, young alike. But still, it was like, all right, Uncle Acid, love the homies. They're fucking on fire. But then you got this dynamic too. As with the Graveyard Tour, it's like, you guys are fucking, all of us fucking graveyard acid myself we're all friends and shit and that fucking was the same demographic to like it worked out it just worked out yeah yeah that that one made, that one made sense yeah and you guys were both fucking promoting fucking new albums too on like an album release tour right right well oh yeah yeah we fucking were this yeah one. you yeah. guys released it wasteland and they released peace literally like a month apart yeah yeah oh yeah you came to the uh to the, the to the uh uh desert days show too yeah that play that was yeah, a yeah that was fucking hilarious dude you just like you like disappeared from from the face of the earth seemingly for like 48 hours i fucking took i thought you died i was like what the fuck i was like calling your girlfriend i was just like jesus like well yeah let's that's a funny story we can fucking go on to just to fucking get things moving you fucking played Desert Days. Desert Days was a kind of a cool idea that's fucking like kind of evolved within the past few years. But what? It was in Lake Paris or whatever. That was the year Tame Impala was headlining. People were stoked. And uh, I rolled in with a fucking grip of fucking acid and other shit. And um, I was on a sick one. But when that whole fucking hurricane or fucking like, what is it? Thunderstorm was going down. Yeah, it was, a, it was a thunderstorm. A thunderstorm went down. And fucking right when Tame Impala was starting, like everyone was. Oh man, they played. They played uh, like "Let It Happen." Like they did their like big star. Da, 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 da. And then, oh, it's so anticlimactic. Uh, poor. I mean, no, they don't give a shit. Just poor all, everyone that was there. Like that, that. That was a shame. We got to do our set, yeah. which was just which was cool. Yeah, it's fucking lightning going off in the background and stuff. Oh man, that was that crazy. was actually low key fucking epic too because. That was my first gig uh, on uh, on guitar with uh, with. Kevin. That's true. Fuck yeah! I was congratulating you earlier that day when I ran into yeah, you. Yeah, 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 dude. But yeah, fucking, you guys played your set. I caught it. The light show or that fucking set was fucking out of control because I was peaking too. That was crazy. Yeah, yeah. I know. I don't even know what that was. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that since. I I know it's a company like who who does that around the states and people like they're they're fairly right. Well I actually knew a few of the engineers who fucking were working that light show too. I ran into them for a brief sec. Yeah. But yeah, they're fans and they're they're friends, mutual friends and whatnot. But I was peeking like a motherfucker. You guys played your set. I saw some of that lightning in the back. Fucking when I turned my head every now and then. You guys threw down. It was like whatever. I mean, it was fucking a solid set. Whatnot. And then fucking Tame Impala goes. I was trying to reach you. It was fucking chaos, whatever. Fucking shitty service and all that noise. 
I was still peaking. And then fucking tripping balls at this point, fucking jam-packed, fucking watching Tame Paula. I snuck backstage because I didn't have credentials for that, but I managed to get back. When the shitstorm went down and they fucking announced, like, hey, everyone has to disperse, like, I was fucking really tripping balls. And I had, like, adrenaline going because I fucking, you know, did that. (laughs) And um, I was supposed to rendezvous with you or, like, some other friends. And then I just remember fucking disappearing. I think I went in someone's fucking RV for a little bit and just fucking, like, hunkered down and did more stuff and then fucking disappeared. And I ended up sleeping under someone's car. And I came to, and my phone was dead, and I was just like, where the fuck am I, dude? Like, I lost my girlfriend at the time. Like, I didn't know who she was. I lost all the other friends. Yeah, whatever, dude. Fucking, that was the weird desert days. They canceled everything, too. Yeah, I was Yeah, yeah, people were uh, not super happy about that one. Nah, man, it fucking was a shitstorm to begin with, with even fucking entering the fucking premises, dude. There was, like... Oh uh, yeah, it took hours. That was brutal. I mean, we got we got to we got fast tracked, and it took us like still took us like forty five or an hour. Oh, dude, fucking, we were like on empty in our car, fucking in the middle of that line for like maybe three and a half hours, just fucking going bumper to bumper, no dent. I was like, hey, gas is gonna run out, even if you turn the car off, dude, it's gonna make it worse. So like, um, be prepared to fucking just push this thing. Yeah, people were not pleased. Nah, but I think they figured it out since then. There was a good reception for the last Desert Days or whatever. I don't know. But, I mean, what? So now there's no fucking... I guess back to the COVID situation. There's no future, more or less. You guys are working on something like, what? Some studio mixes or whatever? Like some quarantine jams? Uh, Nothing's, like, really planned at the moment. But, yeah, some stuff's in, in the works. And you're doing your own thing, too, right? I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like I said, like, just like, like, when we're talking about the COVID thing, like, it's just like, now, you know, assuming there's no shows, probably, what, early 2021, like, it's kind of like, it's this moment to uh, just be like, okay, so what should I, how should I prioritize my time, you know? I mean, a lot of, I feel like a lot of people are having this moment. It's funny, because in Canada, like, we have this thing where, where anyone who lost, who can't work because of the um thing gets uh two grand a month um for now and i think it's almost over but like i know so many people like especially artists like just dudes i grew up with and stuff around here like who haven't made two grand a month like for a long time and they're just getting two grand a month now (laughs) two grand a month and they're all like stoked they're like those are like bought like a reel to reel everybody's just like you know like like just playing guitar and i don't know man it's been really funny like it's actually impacted a lot of people over here at least in this funny way where like all my all my like artist hippie friends are just like cruising they're fucking living big now for the first time ever like like chilling and making art and no one's like working like none of them are fucking like working their shitty jobs or whatever anymore oh dude so at the end it's fucking as sad as sad there's a lot of people who are stoked yeah 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 As sad as the situation is for the world, at the same time, there's a silver lining. Everyone's fucking getting some perks at the end, right? If you're lucky, yeah. If you're lucky, I guess. Like, I was, uh, I would have way rather gone on tour. Like, that would have been pretty sweet. But, um, uh, it is. It's like, I mean, I've been, like, compared to a lot of folks in the whole fucking world, I haven't, I haven't been impacted badly by this. We, a lot of us have been really lucky. Fuck. I mean, now, what? You got a mid, you had, like, a U.S. tour canceled. You were getting on tour with Twin Temple. 
And now fucking you just survived Japan. So now you're just fucking on a dry spell for the long run, just like everyone else, right? Well, it's supposed to, yeah. I mean, all this, as soon as it's allowed, all these dates in the States are supposed to happen, you know, and, and Bonner is supposed to be rescheduled. But, um, you know, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Have you guys played Bonnaroo before? No. That should be interesting. I've been. I went when I was 18 because we were on tour with Hothead Show in support of uh, Les Claypool. No and, way. Uh, yeah, yeah, in uh, 2009. And, um, no, maybe 2010. I don't know. But uh, but we, I was 18, and we were going through Bonnaroo, and they got us all, like, passes and stuff, even though we weren't playing Bonnaroo because we were on tour with them. So it was crazy, man. I saw Stevie Wonder. Um, Damn. And I uh, had a couple firsts, uh, uh, you know, of the kind that you have uh, at a music festival. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was crazy, man. And then, uh, and then me and Max and Barry, uh, our tour manager slash real good buddy, he... Um, I think we all got carbon monoxide poisoning in the fucking van. We and so what? I like woke up to like Jordan, like this, we were all like, just like there's puke everywhere. We're all like passed out. Like I was apparently like shaking, like trembling. And like, I wouldn't open my eyes. And Jordan like picked me up, picked us all up and just like threw me outside, just started pouring gallons of water on my head. And I woke up to uh, Dave Matthews, <laughs> like vibing, uh, <laughs> like crashing to me. <laughs> No way. Like, it's like coming to consciousness, having water poured on my face, just like wa- a wash in Dave Matthews at 18. Um, and that, that's, that was my Bonnaroo experience. Wow. Carbon monoxide poisoning, fucking wet wake up to fucking Dave Matthews fucking black. Yeah, and, and I mean, we don't know for sure it was carbon monoxide poison. We know that the carbon monoxide, the AC was on. We're pretty sure it was fucked. The carbon monoxide monitor didn't have any batteries in it. It was dead. The, and... Uh, we all got symptoms of carbon monoxide poisoning, but also I definitely did. Like, I do remember purchasing a large bag of really sketchy looking mushrooms from a big dude at a picnic table at around four in the morning, the, the morning before. So as time's gone on and we talk about the story, I'm like, well, but guys, do you remember like that bag of mushrooms? Like we must've eaten that whole bag of mushrooms. Right. So it's kind of sometimes maybe I think, I wonder if uh, you can eat enough mushrooms at a music festival to wake up feeling like you just had carbon monoxide poisoning and pass it. Probably not. But I, I do wonder about that. You know what? Sometimes those mystery bags of fucking whatever the fuck you're buying, they'll fucking do something to you. Straight the oh, fuck up. Oh, man. I was, like, I was like, take my money, man. I mean, that Ziploc full of, uh, you know, what is clearly mushrooms or something. Fucking that earth medicine. Oh, shit. Yeah, it could have been fucking portobellos for all I knew. Or portobellos or whatever. Hey, man. At least it fucking felt something. <laughs> you're alive, though, in the long run. That's all that matters. Oh, yeah, man. What a time. God damn. But I mean, yeah, so- it's crazy going on tour when you're fucking 18 or 19 because you're just like, I was, I was, I was such a little dickhead. I mean, personally, like, I mean, it's, it's, I feel like the other guys kept me in line a bit, but it's, it's crazy being traveling around when you're that age because you're, uh, or for me anyway, I just had a real lack of self awareness, which can lead to some real good times. No, I mean, when you're traveling, when you're fucking touring at that age, 18, dude, that's fucking in a sense, like, such a fucking privilege because most of the homies, dude, don't fucking even, like, peak or get their first run until, like, their mid-20s or Yeah, anything, we just like... landed these support tours, man. It was, like, the end, uh, Max was 24, 25, Jordan was 26, probably 27, 26, yeah, and, I, and I just got, I guess I got to come along for the ride. It was, it was cool. Whew. 
still, those guys been, definitely had to pay their dues, but fucking 18, man. Oh, dude, there's this one. Like, I was playing bass, right? Like, I knew, like, I'd, I'd, I'd gone through the repertoire. Like, I hadn't, like, lifted a bunch of, like, uh, less Claypool stuff and whatever, but I, I knew, like, I, like what you know, what kind of player he was. I was like, God damn, like, that's so cool. And there's this one night when we were somewhere, I don't remember where it was. I want to say Cincinnati, but I don't, I don't even know where that is. But, like, um, maybe that was where it was. And and I was, like, I had, I had a section of the set where it's, like, it kind of got stripped down. It was just some drums, and I just do some, like, crazy weird solo bass stuff on a fretless, like, which is pretty presumptuous to be doing opening for a Les Claypool. Like, looking back on it, I just, like, I just didn't have that that channel to look to uh, that lens to look through at the time right but uh, it was fine and we were doing it like we were doing cool like les's band liked us and stuff they were like oh these guys are crazy you know and i turn i turn over like i, I turn my head after i'm done my bass like quote-unquote solo like little rip thing and it goes back into the in the set and I, I turn around and it's les claypool and bootsy collins are standing like 10 feet away from me on my side of the stage watching and they both gave me like a little hang loose sign and i was like god fucking damn it like i almost had a heart attack Bootsy fucking Collins fucking gave him the <laughs> shaka, bro. He was crazy, man. He brought like he brought like twelve people to the gig, and brought them all like on stage to watch Les Claypool's set. And Les is like manager at the time, like he, he was a little touchy about stuff like that. And it was the funniest thing in the air because it's Bootsy Collins, but at the same time, it's just like these twelve people of like various ages and like everything, just like like wearing random shit like and that's just like the crew that he brings with him and he had his wife there she was lovely and uh and just brought everyone like sort of almost on stage to watch Les Claypool what the fuck dude yeah it, it was crazy too man like he was wearing like a straw cowboy hat and I, I think almost every single one of his fingers had a uh, like a metal uh skull uh ring on it like kind of like <laughs> the kind you get from for Halloween like when you're a kid but 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 they're all like metal like skull rings Holy shit. I just actually watched something on Bootsy Collins recently. That dude fucking lives, like, not, not because of, like, financial. I'm sure he's not getting royalties or anything, but he chooses to live in a fucking RV and go fucking place to place and just fucking keep it mellow. Like, they did, like, an MTV's Cribs kind of vibe with fucking Bootsy, like, really shitty fucking video quality, like, handicam shit. And he's like, yeah, so this is my RV. This is where I'm living, you know? He's, like, fucking in Detroit or some shit at the time. Are you but, sure that wasn't Sly Stone? Like, maybe I haven't seen that, but I saw a very similar one of, like, maybe it wasn't Chris, but I, I, I watched a video recently of Sly Stone on his RV that he lives on, and it was a whole thing. Is it fucking... Dude, all right, whatever. It fucking, might be Sly Stone. I'm fucking simping then. Sorry, everybody. Fucking nice. Well, I don't know anything. I, I, could, I could be wrong. Maybe. Another, I always fucking get the two mixed, fucking same era, but they're fucking on fire. But Sly, maybe it was Sly Stone? Nah. Whatever, fucking, someone's gonna fucking scope it out and fucking yeah. call me out on message, whatever, but I don't give a fuck, whatever. Anyways, anyways, so, you're in Canada, life's good, you're fucking staying occupied, you're on an island, everything's fucking cut, fucking shit's stunted, any fucking ideas what you would expect to look forward to in the future? Well, I got these like, little uh, little wooden thingies uh, called parallettes, parallettes, and um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do my darndest to um, to learn to uh, like hold a handstand on those, you know, just like like comfortably and like symmetrically, and uh, just like be able to hold myself like that for a while. Wait, what the fuck's a parallette? I guess it's like the name for like these little like. A little gymnast thing but it's like it, it lets you it's like these little um 
Dowling? Is that a word? Dowling? Like, you know, cylindrical wood cuts? Is that right. called? There's a, there's a fun word for that, that like dads know, you know? <laughs> Dowling. But, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to be, anyway, so you got that cylindrical wood and, <laughs> and, then, uh, and it's raised off the ground a little bit. So you can do like push-ups and handstands and all that shit with your wrists straight so that your hands are on the ground and you have that like bend in your wrist. Okay. So like, if you want to be like really rad, then you like, um, uh, just like hop up on those and rip handstands on them. All right. So now you're kind of like, uh, trying to do some self care fucking things going on. lately. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Or like, just like learn some new tricks, you know, like, I guess I, I, I want to learn some new tricks. All right. You doing anything structured wise fucking lately at all? Fucking with anything Yeah. Else? I mean, yeah, I've been intermittent fasting and doing a workout schedule and uh not really drinking so much but like that's not because like we were talking about that before not because like I, I was having like a problem with it but i was just like i, I found myself not really drinking so much it's funny man because because i uh, i didn't smoke weed you know much like it, especially in the day for for quite a while the last few years like i'd have a joint or two in the evening you know um but uh sometimes more you know but but uh but it wasn't really like it wasn't a huge part of my life but since i started working out it's funny like or not like i haven't been going crazy but i've been doing this this calisthenics course and since I've been doing that, I've been smoking, uh, like maybe, you know, like a half and half spliff, like 20 minutes before I do my workout. And it's been, it's been amazing. It's been incredible. It's like, I unlocked like this, like new way to like condition my brain to like, it's still hard and it still kicks my ass, but it's like, I unlocked a new way to condition my brain to be in like a different state for that, for that, like, um, kind of exertion like i'm I, I find myself like not really like reflecting upon it when i'm doing it like being like oh this is so hard or why don't i like stop or whatever like i'm just like focused in a weird stone way so that's been like a really weird thing that i never would have thought like when i was younger if i told myself oh you should try like <laughs> like getting stoned and like ex exercise like on a, on a regimen like um but it's been it's been really interesting for me and it's, it has been structured and i think that was born out of the fact that there's been no fucking structure because of this whole covid thing i've seen people go both ways like i've seen a lot of people take stock of what's going on and how much free time they have and and like just get kicked in the ass by that and, and start structuring their lives and doing all kinds of new shit and then i've seen other people just like fall into abject lazy agoraphobia and that's something you can't fucking, I mean, to each their own, but I don't think that's fucking even the right approach at all fucking in any fucking healthy mindset to fucking go about this whole privilege, which is a privilege as fucked up as it is to have this time to yourself. And about the weed thing, I don't know if you did any studies on that, but smoking weed before you do any physical activity, when you release serotonin or fucking all the oxycodone in your brain, the fucking, you know, release endorphins when you're moving, doing cardio or any of that I don't shit. Think your brain, I don't think your brain has oxycodone in it. No, 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 no. My bad. I'm just, I fucking put the wrong word. Serotonin. I'm fucking, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Is there is there one called oxytocin? Like, is that a thing? Oxytocin, yeah. oxytocin. I, I don't know. I don't really know what the different neurotransmitters do. I know, like, about, like, dopamine and serotonin and stuff. But your dopamine count fucking goes fucking really steady when you're smoking weed before a fucking workout session, dude. It makes right, almost right. Same, it makes it, you're obviously getting your ass kicked, whatever the fuck you're doing, if you're fucking staying like, you know, good regimen and whatnot. But fucking, yeah, smoking weed before anything, especially in the morning, if you're going to go for a run or fucking do any sort of upper body, dude, you fucking, you're dialed. Well, honestly, man, for me, it was because of uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley, Sugar Sean, like the uh, UFC fighter. I just like, for whatever reason, I was chilling with an old buddy of mine who's, who's like, uh, who's like pretty intense uh, with 
getting really strong all the time. And and he's been into UFC for years. And and there was there was like a like a fight or whatever. And he's like, oh, you gotta watch this. And I, and I hadn't watched it in a while, so I just put it on while I was practicing. And, and I ended up watching Sean O'Malley knock some motherfucker out. Two, I want to say it was UFC. It doesn't matter. UFC two fifty one. No, it was, maybe it was a couple before that. I don't know. But uh, and so like I just like watched his like podcast for a minute because I was like, oh, this dude, because like, he's crazy because he's tall and wiry and and uh, and he's uh, he's in a weight class where like most dudes are shorter than him and really buff. But he's just like tall and lanky and he's this crazy reach. So I was just watching him like dance around this other dude like crazy, like this big lanky like spider dude, just just like patting down the other dude's fist when he tried to box and stuff like that and ended up like. I feel like he knocked him out with like a spinning back kick or something. Like I don't know all the t- terms of the thing, but it was just like it was like a feat. It was like a uh, like an athletic feat. Like it, it wasn't just like he was submitting this other dude. He was like dancing to knock this motherfucker out. And I was like, God damn it! And it was just so like it was like weirdly inspiring. So I was like, Oh, like I'm gonna try to capitalize on this feeling that I have right now, where I'm like, Oh, this this something here is like really cool and rad and so i was like went and checked it out and he's like oh yeah bro i just like i i hit the volcano a bunch and then i uh and then i do all these reps of like all this crazy shit. then i have an ice bath then i hit the volcano a bunch and then i go like roll with dudes like and like like grapple or whatever for like four hours and he's like just does this every day and is super stoked super in it and i was like okay well i'll try it and it's been it's honestly been working like it's the weirdest thing it's I, like i find fewer and fewer ways as i get older to like you know motivate myself to um you know, develop new habits or erase old ones. Uh, I think it's probably the case for most people. So it's been a really interesting little thing where all of a sudden I find myself inspired by like a 24, 25-year-old dude who knocks people out for a living. But hey. I'll take it where I can get it. Nah, dude. <laughs> That's so funny because it's the same way for me, man. Like, for the longest time, I had the most unhealthy fucking lifestyle choices. I was just fucking... Oh, me too, man. The worst. The worst. I mean, still in a way, but like... I'm thankful that for whatever, for whatever reason I've, they, they have been, uh, I've been observing them being sort of curbed naturally by, by my, my desire, my natural desire to feel a different way. And that's how to say, like, I still, I'll still drink whiskey. I'll still, you know, I'll still do whatever, but it's, but it's, I've just been, I've been so much more balanced since this COVID thing, which is just so fucking weird. That, dude, it goes it's fucking same for myself, dude. Like in the Ooh. sense, like, as I was saying, I was fucking so unhealthy, especially being around fucking live music all the time and fucking partying or whatever tours and shit. Just like eating fucking shit food, fucking doing fucking shit drugs, fucking staying up late night. You know what I mean? And then even when it wasn't on tour, just fucking even in the home front, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, fucking on the same fucking routine. And then it hit me. Yeah, like, you were, I feel like I feel like you can cut this out if you don't. Like I hope you don't mind me saying this. You can cut it out if you do. But no, I feel no. like last time I saw you, I think in. Um, uh, Poland was it in Krakow? Remember we were on that boat? No, I think we were at Budapest. Oh, Budapest. Are you sure? It was Bu- Budapest. Right, right. Oh, maybe right. Okay. Oh no, you're you're totally right. It was Budapest. We were in Budapest. You guys. Oh, man, I had a whole conversation about this place with someone like a month or two ago, and I kept trying to tell them that it was Poland. We were all confused. <laughs> Yeah, was Budapest. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah. That, in Budapest. No. Yeah. You. You seem a little. Uh, you seem a little down, man. You seem. You seem. You seemed uh, burnt out and like kind of depressed, man. Nah. Fuck yeah, dude. Well, also not to be fucking throwing anyone under the bus, but I don't give a fuck because I'm telling it on this end. On that tour, they were. Uh, I'm not gonna say who, but the fucking maestro of the tour fucking told me before, like, hey. I want this to be a clean fucking tour. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay. And I felt like he was singling me out from the beginning, given my reputation, but I'm always responsible one way or the other. 
no matter even if I'm under the influence, I'm always going to fucking do my job to the best possible. And that's why I'm fucking around. But he told me, like, I want a clean fucking tour. And I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. He's like, if I cash that shit, you're cut. I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, you only have to tell me once. So we were going for like, what, the first 10 days? And I was just like deprived. I was fucking trying to maintain like the respect of what he asked me to do. And I did for the most part. And then eventually like came up. He's like, I don't give a fuck. Fucking go, go wild and shit. And I was like, well, (laughs) all right, thanks. But I mean, we're not in the fucking places where I could take advantage of going wild, but all right, for sure. But yeah, I was fucking, I was dusted, man. I wasn't fucking doing much. I was smoking weed like a motherfucker. Cause that was like the PG fucking 13 fucking substance that we all could partake, you know? And, I'm not a drinker of any means, so, like, I wasn't getting shit-faced like everyone else was at night, so it's, like, yeah, I like to say I fucking like amphetamines when I'm on the road. What can I say, dude? It is what it is. But I didn't get any of that, and I was fucking tired, man. Fucking Budapest was fucking nope. I mean, it's fun to be anywhere, you know, in the world, fucking in any country, especially amongst friends. It was a rad venue. You guys, we all were in a fucking huge-ass Oh, man, yeah, what a fucking cool venue, dude. God damn, do you remember that was what that place was called no but i remember the in, fucking in the, green room was like some life aquatic shit you know what i mean <laughs> yeah it's crazy like climb up that ladder like thing at the yeah it's, at the, it's in the hole the uh the green room oh god damn it's such a cool spot and uh your your buddy slayed it man those guys those guys sounded awesome um i know you guys are all like fucking you guys are all like fighting with each other and shit but but the show just came together and it was um what's uh what's uh what's buddy's name what's the uh, lead guitarist's name like, parker griggs what's his name parker, parker. yeah that shit fucking shreds man i loved watching him play guitar i've been i've been meaning to find like you know a live video of them or something like that and learning one or two of his solos because he's got he's got um he's got i don't know how to put it uh like he, he plays with uh he plays with like real feeling you know he plays like rock bass like heavy um and like blues influence like tremendous blues treading strap like like amazing strap amazing strap tone but he does it like with fucking feeling and vibe he does it in his own way and i it was it was really cool man that room sounded good too (sighs) yeah i mean fucking parker fucking he's been around for almost like two decades fucking with radio moscow and fucking you're telling me that yeah He's fucking been holding that fucking emotion for every album they've been putting out. It never fucking disappoints, you know what I mean? Oh, he's a great guitar player. He's a fucking amazing. But, dude, you're fucking killing it fucking on guitar now, dude. It's fucking... It was rad fucking when I saw you get, like... I don't know if it's a promotion I want to put like that, but what Desert Days, when you're like, yeah, dude, I'm playing the guitar. I was like, fuck yeah, because I remember you weren't... You were... You played bass, yeah, for sure, but it wasn't necessarily you as an identity, right? You were a guitarist yeah, at heart. So. I guess so. Like, I mean, if Kev was like, hey, uh, you know, uh, I mean, actually, I'm really enjoying playing the guitar. But if Kev was like, man, I, I just like, in, like, I really need you to play bass for like, for whatever reason. Like, um, if Justin, like, uh, opened his third chakra and just like ascended into like the universe and like stopped having a celestial body for the moment. Right. Or if that's the right um, way to, if that's the right term. We, we get it. We get it. If if he ascended right and and Cap was like oh god damn I need a bass player to play like right now then I would I would do it. I'd be I'd do it and I'd be stoked to do it but um but I have been it has been really fun doing guitar and, and a bunch of vocals and stuff like that it's been really nice and and uh, <clears throat> it's been nice developing a, a, a different kind of chemistry with Cap as well like uh, um in that in that role so 
you know, it's been it's been really nice. It's it's also allowed me to focus just like a lot more on playing guitar because I, I love practicing and you know I love learning new stuff and um, so now it's cool because touring for twenty four shows, you know, over a month or whatever, twenty shows or whatever it is. Um, is like really good for your endurance and um, it does transfer from bass to guitar like I'm a much stronger guitar player especially rhythmically because I started on the bass but um, or you know I've started doing actual actual professional gigs on the bass right uh, uh, but uh, but nothing can replace the real thing like if you tour for a while on guitar and play and play good and then you come off tour and you just like keep doing like keep practicing and learning stuff, but also just like doing endurance practice. And like, I love practicing no metro, it's just something I like to do. And, and if you do that and combine, like do that after and before a tour, you can like build up your like endurance and um, like comfortability in your hands to like the next level, which is just like a really sort of fun bonus. If you, if you want that, like a lot of guys come off tour and they're like, fuck it, I'm not going to touch this thing for a long time. And I've, I've felt like that before, but not for the last little while. It's been really like, I come off tour and I'm like, Oh God damn, I'm going to like use this limberness that i feel to my advantage and uh if i if i grind on it for a bit after tour then usually it sort of sinks in and becomes part of my um uh like part of my it's just like the way i play that i don't have to think about which is what one wants natural instincts at that point right yeah i guess so but it's not necessarily natural instincts because they're developed but i mean they're developed naturally so i suppose right. so. but i mean you bring more to the table for the next run too like fucking wow fucking all yeah yeah exactly yeah but are you back in now? Like you're doing the vocals more than ever, dude. So like, fucking, how's that fucking singing too? Oh, it's great. It's really good. Like a lot of Kev's second parts that he writes are like sort of write and arrange. Like I have a I have a higher singing voice than than your average fella, um, and uh, so a lot of it's sort of right in my wheelhouse. Some it's, it's a lot of it is like ends up being really high, like long held notes throughout the whole evening. So it's been. I'm, I'm lucky to have like a pretty resilient voice. Um, so, but uh, it's been, it's been fun keeping tabs on like the health of my voice and like some to like, you know, by like show 15, sometimes I have to like roll it back a little bit and take it easy on a lot of the high notes and stuff like that. And it's all just good. It's good. It's just good practice. And it's good to, for me anyway, it's good to be like multitasking like that. It's good for my brain. It's good for just like the amount of like stimuli that I get, like having to work on a thing mentally in a day. And I can just, I can feel it being good for myself. You know, uh, Kev often just like hands me parts too. And it'll be like, well, this is on the record. Can you play this and, and sing the backing vocals at the same time? I'll be like, I'm not sure. And I'll try to do it. And a lot of the time I'll end up just like grinding it for like ages while I watch a show or something like that. The point where I can do it. And that shit's really fun to me. I love like, teaching my brain how to uh do shit that it couldn't do like three hours ago i like i get off on that in a weird way that's fucking tight so it just came with a fucking promotion too because before that you weren't singing no i was singing i was singing third vocal parts but uh but not as much yeah playing bass is fun too though man like god damn like it's a if you really get into it it's a really fun role i mean you fucking i don't know fuck i'm kind of stunned for what i was gonna say but yeah dude fucking it's rad to see that the transition goes from you were a fucking amazing bass player for the band. You came kind of, what, you were like, what, in the third lineup? Second lineup? Uh, uh, there's been, uh, it's hard to sort of quantify the lineups because there were there were lineups that never that, that never played shows and there was, you know what I mean? So, and like a lot of, I, I, yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Like, I don't even know the, like, I don't even know. Well, I guess, like, I guess they must have existed, but, like, I just, I'm confused about, like, that's another mysterious thing about, like, Kev's, like, early 
mutual. Like, I just don't even know. Like, I don't know who Cat and Red are. I guess maybe I never asked him. <laughs> and maybe I just never will ask him, you know? Like, I, but uh, there's a little bit of mystery there as well. Yeah, that's the funniest thing about Uncle Acid. <laughs> there's so much fucking mystery. I've heard stories fucking where, like, you don't have to fucking validate whether they're true or not, but I'm just throwing it out. I've heard stories that, like, Uncle Acid started in a basement in Scotland or something like that. With like a whole female band and it was just kevin like giving directions and they put the first demo or something like that myths you know myths or like i heard rumors that fucking he was like in a commune like this is the funny shit that fucking fans come up with when they're smoking cigarettes outside venues fucking trying to fucking put the enigma and fucking putting the myth from facts like i've heard he was in a commune fucking like in edinburgh or some shit against scotland fucking where he was just with like a bunch of fucking trippy ass motherfuckers and then every time you go fucking look up fucking Uncle Acid on Google and you see like the band lineup, it always seems to be like a different group of heads and it's always different, you know, but I think it's been, it's been, uh, well, fuck. I mean, I don't know. I've been in the band five years. Like, uh, so what is it? Five years or four years? I don't know. Well, 2016, was that your first run with them? Uh, yeah, it has yeah, it had to be. So I guess it's four years. All right, damn. But um, so yeah, I don't know. Four years though, but fucking dude, it's been like an eye opener being with this band for four years. So for you, right? You fucking done more things that you probably ever done in the past, even though you've done a lot already. But fuck, you've been. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely like it's it's yeah yeah for sure. It, it um it expanded um it's been yeah it's expanded my uh. Your passport. How about that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. In, 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 in a lot of different ways. Damn, dude. From fucking all over Europe, all over the US, and fucking then Japan, which is insane because everyone fucking wants to be in Japan at some point. That's fucking a privilege as it is for me from like a fucking spectator perspective. But dude. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool, man. It was, it was cool. I probably could have spent some more time there. I'm not crazy about Australia. I mean, I, I don't want to say that, I guess. But nah, it's like, yeah. it's kind of, New Zealand was charming, you know. It was, it was, <laughs> uh, of course it is. Of course it was, you know. Craziest crowd you ever played? Oh, man. Uh, probably some of the shows I did when I was a lot younger with, like, my buddies, I... I, uh, you know, I was in high school with and stuff. Like, I don't know, we just used to play fucking crazy house parties. But actually, saying saying that, the kind of fucking house party or like warehouse parties and shit we used to do with Super Best Friends Club were, were gnarly. Those were probably the craziest crowds, actually. Because, I mean, it would just, there's no time limit. Like, it's not like the venue closes. So, yeah. just on and on and on. And people, like, people in, in London, like, you know, young people who are, who are just out doing their thing in that area, at least, are just, like, there's a, they, they're a real special flavor of person, and they're each in their own unique way, but so there are just so many crazy, interesting people in that time, anyway, packed into that sort of, I don't know, I don't want to say scene, but, I mean, maybe it was a scene, it's sort of warehouse fucking parties in Hackney Wick. Now the whole thing's gentrified quite a bit, and uh, the overland, the overground, overground, goes right there i guess maybe it did before but um now it's sort of like like i used to live in that area and it was cheaper than anything else at the time and that was only a decade ago and now 
I think it's real hard to uh, to live over there. Um, it's a pain but, in the ass right now, for sure. I got friends yeah, out there, but. but but there was like a sophistication to this crowd, and not necessarily not like intellectually necessarily, but it's just like everyone kind of like was was a little bit more keen and committed to doing what they themselves personally were interested in. That was the way it seemed to me at the time, at least. But I mean, bear in mind, I was a bit younger, and so maybe it was partly just being odd by people who'd had a little bit more time to develop. But I'm sure there was that aspect as well. But but. Uh, those are just wild rooms, man, you know, and that was like two years of my life. That was, just, that was semi-frequent and those were just wild rooms. And I, I don't think I'll probably never see anything like that again. Oh, uh, you don't think? I, I, it's, it's tough to say, man. I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm, it feels like everything's getting more tame. I mean, maybe it's just, maybe it's just my life, but it feels like the world's getting more tame. And I, I thought the world was tame 10 years ago, but like, you know, when I meet, folks who are doing the, the stuff that I'm interested in these days, like, you know, be it other musicians and stuff like that, every, everyone just seems like uh, maybe like slightly more grounded than I would have expected at one time and, and uh, a little more tame. And, and I don't mean that as bad or good, but that's the way it seems to me. And I don't just mean like getting gnarly and fucking like drinking or whatever. I just mean like, uh, for me, I don't come across a lot of edge anymore, uh, personally, you know? Uh, and, uh, and it is what it is. But uh, there's a thing that happens when, you know, you have a group of people who are making art or, or maybe doing sports. I don't fucking know. But who have like a certain conviction and like ha- have an edge and maybe a slight rebelliousness to it as well. But that that has kind of a sound and a vibe that I think people catch on to. And I th- maybe that vibe isn't isn't in vogue right now. You know, maybe that's not the vibe of, of, of our current. I think things are definitely dying, dude. Well, not dying necessarily, but like things are definitely, as you said, getting more tame. And you're not but the only it's, one. It's definitely not dying because, like, yeah, there's, there's, because it's like we were talking about before. Like, there's, there's all kinds of amazing art and music and stuff on the internet. So it's, it's definitely not dying, but it's, it's like people seem like they're getting tamer. That's all. People just seem like they're getting tamer. When I, when I meet people younger than us and shit, like they all just seem even a couple degrees tamer. That's all. I don't know. No, nah, exactly. Like, uh, as I said, I didn't mean to fucking put dying this. Uh, that's fucking burn, but yeah. But what? I didn't necessarily mean to put dying, but it's definitely getting tame because, like, fool, I'm fucking 28 years old. You're 28 years old, dude. I'm not, yeah. and no one can say fucking I'm like a grandpa, but I'm starting to feel. I look back five years ago to like the community, the scene, whatever you want to fucking call it, when things were kind of booming. Like, you have to admit there was like some fucking hiatus where things were a little more raw, you know? Not as raw as it used to be maybe 10 years ago for a different era and whatnot. But things were fucking full blast, dude. Things were moving. And now it's yeah. just like, not just with COVID, but like within the last two years and whatnot, things have been getting more mellow. And then as a person, you know, going to these shows or fucking watching all the musician homies or you or everyone else, it's like, fuck, there's no speed to it anymore. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know if that's, like it might be a phase like maybe like there'll be like some you know the like tech jazz dudes doing the next wave of like the the, the feeling of you know punk like in the early 80s like maybe that like something like that'll happen but 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 i i doubt it like it doesn't even need to like i i i wouldn't i'm open to my whole relationship with music um being what it uh, is no, no. Well, yes, actually, I'm kind of okay with that as well. But that's not what I was going to say. What I was going to say is I'm, I'm totally open to it being completely altered. Like, if there was like a way that we all like over the next couple of decades, like, especially like as communities somehow just like wanted to like alter the role of like music in society and have it be less about sort of like, like idolizing, you know, select few who are like, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the most, 
pioneered. Steve's yeah, a- but like the, the most personality and charisma or the best of their craft or some combination of both, like rather than it being us all being like, oh, these people that we all like to listen to, like there is a way in which music could exist in which it was sort of more communally based and people played music with their families and also like, you know, looked up to like musical heroes and stuff. But if, but if, if, because I mean, it's a funny thing. Like, I don't know if you've noticed, but like over just my whole fucking life, I've noticed that like a lot of people, like if you have to sing the national anthem or happy birthday or whatever, like that can totally just naturally sing notes. Right. And a lot of people's voices actually sound really nice when they sing notes. Like, yeah, like, and I don't not even like, even though they're untrained, like some, a lot of the time, most of the time, because they're untrained to me, like I, I'm always, I'm always like really pleased at, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I, I, I was surprised at how much I enjoy hearing everyone's singing voice. Like, and, uh, and then there's this funny thing where like in society, like and myself included, and I like in some capacity sing professionally, right? right? But myself included, everyone's like bashful about singing. Like it's like the funniest thing. Everyone's like embarrassed to sing, <laughs> like especially dudes. Everyone's like, like, oh, I don't want to like whatever. If everyone's singing along together, then it's okay. But it's just like, like analyze that for a second. Like why the fuck is that? Like everyone can sing unless you're tone deaf, which isn't very many people, like isn't a big percentage of people. It's really like enjoyable. People love singing together, but we have this like weird thing where we'll be like, oh, I'm not good. Like, I don't think I'm a good singer. So I'm not going to like, it's just like, what the fuck is that? Like, it's, it's like this weird shared societal complex we all have about like using our voice in like a, a certain way that we've all been doing for like, like tens of thousands, if not like hundreds of thousands of years, maybe more. Cause like, I mean, like the homo erectus or whatever was, or I don't, I don't know how, I don't know the fucking thing, but I'm just saying like, it, that's a weird thing. And if we as a society could like, like at some, uh, over time, somehow like address that and change that. And like, it doesn't have to be like religious stuff, but can you imagine if you just like grew up and you're a kid and stuff and there was some kind of thing where everyone got around and like sang songs, everyone like agreed that everyone liked together. And that was a part of having like a family dinner and uh, like a, a dinner, like a dinner, like thing, you're, you're, you know, having your fucking cousins over or whatever. Like, I don't know, that sounds idealistic and like some real, real hippie shit, but that's just one example. I'm just saying there's so many music roles that music could have in a person's life. And right now it seems to be like, oh, this is a band I like, and this is an artist I like, and and I like this kind of thing, and this is like my genre, which is dope. But it's just like it's if if you're actually looking at music as a whole, it's also really limiting. Like it's it's oddly limiting. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think I have a beautiful voice. I like to sing a lot <laughs> on my own time. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I sing in the shower like every other fucking cliche fucking situation. I sing fucking to myself when I'm uh, skateboarding or walking. People are like, what the fuck is this fool doing? I'm fucking singing fucking Eagles, you know, fucking Steely Dan shit to myself. Like, ah. but yeah, at the same time, I can never imagine fucking the whole fact that I limit myself thinking like, yeah, all right. Well, of course, if I applied myself to an instrument and gradually I'm going to fucking be good at it. But, you know, I'm still have fucking means to fucking provide, you know, in a whole artistic music sense with fucking just my voice too but i'm fucking i i'm too bashful in the sense i can't do it i i if my friends were fucking doing a set and just jamming in a fucking you know rehearsal space or studio and the fucking mic was there and you know just nothing serious just go for it mike i i think fucking yeah i got a great voice maybe i'm not gonna fucking be in fucking american idol or any of that bullshit but like nah i, I won't do it i'm a pussy about it and then yeah oh, no, you should try out for uh, American Idol. Oh shit! I'll I'll vote for you. What do you do? You text the thing, right? I'll fucking uh, I'll get uh, me and my uh, three buddies I live with will all vote for you. That'd be fucking. That'd be super nice. I'm just fucking. <laughs> I'm I'm low key worried about fucking what is it Paula Abdul or fucking that Simon motherfucker or whatever the fuck. <laughs> I don't know. I don't keep up with TV, but fucking if they fucking name drop and call me out saying what the fuck are you doing, I'm like, well. I'm here. 
I was trying to be the next yeah. Kelly Clark or Clay well, Aiken. I'll, I'll still vote for you. That's what I'm saying. Like, even if you don't do a good job, and even if I don't think you're the best, I, I'm just saying you still have my vote. That means a lot, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to be supportive. But I like your voice. I think you sound great. <laughs> I remember fucking, because I, I fucking identify with you most from the rest of the band, because I'm not really fucking tight with everyone else. But every time I'm, you're playing a set, like, eyes on you for some reason i'm just fixated on you because you're the homie and i like fucking seeing like you know how you fucking articulate in stage and when i'm fucking seeing you fucking play it's like damn he's got it. he's got it dialed oh no way fucking bond is singing right now oh shit oh shit fucking <laughs> fucking budding someone next to me that's my boy right there that's my boy fucking whatever fucking i'm i'm stoked it's fucking super funny it's funny for me, but I mean, everyone else is taking it seriously, talking fucking rhythm and groove and shit. But I'm like fixated on just you. And occasionally I like to look at Kevin because Kevin's fucking with the long hair and the face. It's like, it's almost like cinematog, like fucking picturesque, like a piece of like visual cinematography, like how he fucking is postured and fucking got the whole, you know, stage thing kind of developed. I don't know. I don't know Kev's, a, Kev's a vibe, man. I, I, I feed off his stage energy. He's, he's, he's a vibe. It's a fucking trip, dude. Fucking, when you meet him, he's super fucking soft-spoken and super fucking polite. But then you got that energy that you never imagined. He's like, what's up, motherfuckers? Or fucking, how you doing, fucking? Uh, You're like, Whoa. yeah, he's so, he, get, he gets gnarly for that, like, hour, hour and a half or whatever the fuck it is. He gets gnarly, dude. And he actually is. Like, he's just like, he's like, he just gets gnarly. Oh, man, I'm... Yeah, I've watched him, uh, like, <laughs> there's a dude, like, kind of in Australia one time, it kind of, uh, I, I've watched him, um, I want to say, like, defend himself slash, like, deal with uh, rowdy people who are getting up in his face on stage, like, in, uh, That like, happens? He, with Uncle Acid shows? Yeah, like, don't fuck with Kev when he's on stage. All, all on yeah, stage. no shit, don't fuck don't, with anybody when you're on stage, but they fuck with you guys? That's happened before? I can't even I can't even picture, but yeah, all right, go on, go on. No, that's all I was saying is don't fuck you up. Don't fuck with him when he's on stage. I mean that's that's a given for anybody, but for the most part, unless you're fucking enticing people to get on stage, which I think is cute, but still a fucking stupid endeavor in the long run. But it works yeah. for some people. You know, it's whatever. Like I'm not one of those dudes all fussy about my definitely fucking annoying having people come up and fucking Trip over my cables, like, like, board and shit. It's like, oh my god, dude! Like, didn't you pay to come see like a music show for for us to play our tunes? It's like, you're like, oh, dude, the, the amount of times I've had people just like step on my fucking game stages and overdrives and delays and stuff, like, actually in the middle. It's like, what? Just don't like get run on stage, but just don't like just miss the pedal boards. Like, it's not like the especially the miss the pedal boards and the amps. Like, you could even probably kind of run into me a bit, and it'll probably be fine. But it's it's pretty. I, I guess having fun and, and that's cool it doesn't actually really bother me but it's, it, it's 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 funny sometimes yeah i mean there's no place really for a fucking spectator to be on stage during a live performance in the long run you know what i mean especially no. especially okay. if you're gonna compromise fucking the set by fucking up or stepping on something you should like some guys like you just go so hard in the mosh better just like so so pure that it almost like it almost like warms my heart i'm like oh my god you do your thing buddy like god damn you do you over there it's like it's uh, it's making me feel good. Fuck yeah, man! You're being fucking joy to these people's lives for a fucking night. I mean, let them fucking release whatever fucking they got to do, you know. But at the end, like, let's get it clear, everybody: don't fucking go on stage unless the band is fucking literally asking you to come on stage, which is. Oh, weird. Yeah. 
Kind of like trying to hit fucking pedals, like because you'll change the way the guitar sounds for everybody's ears. Seriously, people pay for that shit, man. Pay good fucking money. Fucking take they, days off work and shit. Working Seven Eleven just to fucking have the night off. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, fuck, dude. We've been going on for a good minute, like an hour and a half. Anything cool. else you want to cover? No, I feel like we uh, we we covered some good ground. I miss you, dude. Oh, yeah, man. Likewise. Right back at you. Like, um, I, I guess, like, I mean, who the fuck knows next time we'll meet up? It's probably, probably be not in um, North America. North America, yeah. You got any I mean, travel? No, I'll go. probably, I mean, dates and, uh, and, and I'll probably, you'll probably come through whatever one's closest or whatever. I mean, I fucking hope it happens early 2021. That'd be nice. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it'd be cool if it happened sooner, but it seems pretty unlikely. No, I mean, the fucking people are already trying to make fucking that sense of hope, making moves, like fucking shows. Like I was talking to a lot of promoters out here and festival goers and there's a lot yeah. of fucking tech dudes out here and roadie guys out in fucking this city. And they're like, yeah, fucking Europe is trying to fucking book shows and like have occupancy fucking 5,000. I'm like, how is that even possible? You know, like. We got a festival that was postponed, but we're looking for October. Isn't Europe going through a second wave scheduled for October? Like, who knows, dude? 2021 fucking could be a fucking shot in the shit, but we can say. Fingers crossed, though, right? Fucking staying optimistic. You guys are no strangers to Europe. I mean, most of our listeners are fucking U.S.-based, but for me, I'm fucking out here, and I want to see all my friends as soon as possible. So the sooner the better, right? Yeah. Favorite place to tour in Europe? Oh man, uh, I mean, I love Italy. Like, I just I love being in Italy. Uh, I love the food they serve you. Like, I, mean, I just love Italian. Being in France, being in France is great too. French people love music, you know. Like, uh, yeah, those are probably my favorites. Italy and France. I'd say so. All right. Hopefully you fucking get to France soon. I'd rather spend time in like London, England, probably though. Maybe I'd spend some time in Paris, but I, I like when I'm when I'm over in that section of the world and I have like a week or two, I, I go hang in London. You catch up with homies out there too, right? Because I mean, obviously, you got, you got... Yeah, they all got kids now and stuff. But hell yeah, man, I see them as, as often as I can, and, and they're they all doing their thing. And uh, man, Max is fucking projects right now, like. Like you should check it out, man. It's uh, called uh, the comet is coming, or just comet is coming. Yeah, the comet is coming. I got the and pen and paper right here, so let me write this. Yeah, down. he plays John Dan Evers uh, is uh, is on um, like and stuff, and uh, Shabaka is on sax, and Shabaka is really taking off in the London thing, and they're just like it's just it's just the shit they're making right now is so fucking cool and it's so different from anything else and. It's just crazy because they're getting like all kinds of like, like appeal from graphics that you wouldn't think would just generally have the attention span for that. But they're like, they're tuning around and having big shows and it's just so fucking cool. That's fucking tight. That's rad, dude. Fucking everyone's getting a chance to fucking show what they're showcase, what they're capable of, you know, in every fucking format of fucking noise. Doesn't have to be heavy, heavy rock, whatever. There's a whole fucking world out there of different shit to explore, and everyone's doing a good job doing it, for the most part, I believe, right? Yeah, I just like music, man. And I, I, it's, I, I like, it depends what day it is, depends what week it is, you know, like, I just fucking like music. 
everyone likes music and this with the fucking shows right everyone's got their own fucking taste and shit and everyone's got something other than fucking the generic shit Fuck it, I like the generic shit too. Fuck it, man. Hey, man, nah, you know what I mean by generic shit. Generic could be anything, but you like, know. Your thoughts backwards. I just like I do. Like I'm, I'm like I'm really. Uh, I don't know. I'm just like I'm, I've just been trying to open up to uh, do as much of it as I can. That's good. That's good. All right, man. Fucking, we've been doing a fucking solid minute. You and I. It was rad to catch up, but fuck. We're going to leave it at that. Any last words you want to fucking let listeners know? It's good. Fucking. Hey. No, I think that about does it. No, I think, I think we're good. Yeah, it's fucking good catching up, man. Fuck yeah, dude. Well, thanks for being on the show, dude. And uh, we're going to catch up after this for a little bit. But you're listening to Shooting the Shit with your host, Mike W. This is Vaughn from Uncle Acid. But, you know, his portfolio exceeds that. Anyways, fucking thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you in a little bit. All right. Sounds good. Peace out, brother.